This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal we have is to provide our listeners the real facts and the real stats about the local market. Hey, you wouldn't go into the Super Bowl without a well-prepared game plan. Well, real estate is no different. We will provide you the information that will help you make that well-prepared game plan so you'll be a winner in real estate also. And I say also because our guests are diehard Kansas City Chiefs fans. So I'd like to welcome... Sean and Chelsea Sores of Iron Key Real Estate. Good yes, morning. Sir, thank you. Good morning. Thank you for Thanks, Don. Yeah. So first of all, shout out to you that your team won the um, the Super Bowl last week. And um, I'm sure that most of our audience is probably clicking off right now because most of them are 49er fans. Yes. You yes. got to hand that to them. In fact, our board operator is a diehard 49er fan. So I'm... We're, we're probably, <laughs> you guys probably can't even be heard. On Voices the cut off. <laughs> he, Normally he, we're West Coast reps. So all of our other sports teams were West Coast people all the way, but we are uh, Kansas City fans. And there are some diehards in Fresno. There's a coalition of us. Mm-hmm. So not as visible as Niner fans or Raiders fans, but there, we're here. And, right. and, and, you know, honestly, and I've said this, I mean, we're a, a tight-knit community in Fresno and we have so many 49er fans here that I said that even if my team loses, I know so many people that are going to have so much happiness from this that it, it doesn't, I mean, I'm going to be sad for myself, but I'm going to be happy for everybody else that does win. So it, it was kind of a, a win-win in a sense that, that I had a lot of people that I love and care about were going to be happy if, if their team won. So, all right. Yeah. Now I understand you played football too. Um, yes, sir. Yes, all sir. Right. So you're born and raised here in the Fresno area. Fresno, California. Yes, sir. So where did you go play football at? So I, my dad moved me from the McLean district in the second grade. He heard about this new Clovis Unified that was amazing for education. And he said, I want my boys to go there. So he did everything he could. Mark Sorries, I think you know my dad too. I know the guy. He's so, an appraiser. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So he moved us out to uh, the Clovis West area, went to Clovis West, played two years at Fresno City, um, you know, return kicks, played safety, running back. Um, throw a little brag out there, a Wall of Fame member for Fresno City, class of 2016, um, and then went to New Mexico State to play football. And then came back home and graduated and became a teacher for 13 years. Okay. So, and um, Chelsea, are you from the Fresno area? I am too. Kind of similar situation to Sean. Actually grew up in the McLean district and uh, parents moved us out to Clovis Unified when I was in fifth grade. So went to Alta Sierra and Buchanan High School, played soccer and ran track. And uh, now I'm just, uh, I get to be a mom and watch my kids become better athletes than me and almost taller than me, which I'm having a hard time with, but it happens. She was, <laughs> how old are your kids? Uh, I'm gonna have a teenager very soon. Tomorrow. Yes. Tomorrow. Yes, yes. so we'll have a, an official teenager and uh, they're in sixth and seventh grade. So they'll be 11 and 13. All right. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And you know, Thank the work you. starts once they become teenagers. Uh, yeah. They, they were cute up until then. 
I've taught junior high. I've taught high school. I've taught from from K to to twelve. So all the stuff that they're gonna bring to me, it's like I, I got your playbook, kid. Yeah. Tell you what, though, you didn't teach anybody like me. I, I, I was trouble. One of my uh, high school teachers said, "Hey, Don, really proud to hear you on the radio." He goes, "But it doesn't surprise me that you have a talk show." <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see that. I, I've had, I had friends when I was teaching. They'd be like. They let you be a teacher, Sean? And I was like, what's that supposed to mean? Yes. <laughs> I, I was pretty good at it. Yeah. The good Lord wanted to pay you back for all the trouble yeah. you gave your teachers. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> hey, let's talk about real estate now. How important is it to have inspections done on something that you're buying? Well, it's important in general. You know, I you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who would buy a car without taking it for a test drive or doing some sort of research. I mean, the home is most people's biggest financial investment, so to not do an inspection is just really, you know, it's not wise. Um, we always advise our clients to do inspections. Now, the scope of that just depends on what we find. So, the way I explain it to people is your home inspector is kind of your general practitioner. And if they see something that needs more attention, then maybe we'll call in an HVAC specialist or maybe we'll call in a roofer. So it's not necessarily that you do the same amount of inspections for every single property. Um, it just kind of depends on what we find. Also, there's differences between residential and rural. So, and depending on, you know, I feel like at this point, um, the way the market is, usually buyers are responsible for inspections. However, when it comes to rural properties, I personally, feel that it's important to have the sellers do some of those on the front end. I think that it helps uh, justify strong selling price and also it avoids any time delays. So people don't realize that doing those well tests and having to send the water sample off and check for potability and different stuff like that, you know, that could be two weeks if you don't put a rush order on it. So If it's not raining. If it's not raining, you know. Right. In, in the wintertime, that's a problem I've run into. Yeah. You know, they say, well, we're two weeks out. However, rain's in the future. And here it is four weeks later before you can get that inspection yes. done. So, and yeah. you know, with that, that Don, too, speaking of inspections, it's once you build a team and a nice team of people that you work with and, and you, you build that relationship, and, and I know you're really pushing that, you know, but that relationship you have with those inspectors goes a long way for them to say, hey, we really need this done ASAP, you know, so they'll come out uh, and, and go out of their way. We've had people say, you know what, we go out of our way for you guys. So we want to make sure that those relationships are strong. So when we do get these inspections, if we need them in a timely manner, it happens. Okay, that's a good point. And, you know, we often talk on this show about the importance of keeping your money local. But it, and it's not just the economic impact of keeping the money local. Maybe you can find something on the Internet a little bit cheaper. But if that well driller had to drive all the way from Bakersfield to here, um, and they don't know the area as well. Uh, I mean, I, I'll go any day with a well driller that just did one down the street and oh, yeah. knows the area. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. How about, you know, here's a new one now, solar inspections. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, is all solar created equal? You know, it is not, and I think depending on the age of the solar as well, I know that some of the older panels only have one converter for the entire system. So if that converter goes out, you're going to have, you know, a very expensive fix on your hands. Um, the newer systems have more than one converter, so there's kind of a backup essentially in place. Um, also, there were a ton of solar companies out there. You know, solar became hot 
companies were springing That's up everywhere. Point. So yeah, now, you know, some of those companies aren't in existence anymore. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have panels and they don't really have anyone servicing them or, you know, monitoring them. And uh, so they don't actually know how well the solar is functioning. You know, they have it and it's always great to have it, um, but not everybody is completely in tune with the productivity of the solar. In a transaction, who normally pays for the home inspection? Normally the buyer will pay for that. Okay, but it's not a law, a regulation, it's just a norm. It's a norm. It's an advisory. You know, we always advise people. This is, you know, we're acting in the client's best interest always. That is our duty to them um, on a fiduciary level, you know, just ethically all around. We're acting in their best interest. So what if a seller decides that I'm going to be listing my home next week so they get a home inspection first and maybe that helps them come up with a little punch list for what to fix, what to be ready for, and what to expect. So, and they give that to the buyer. Does the buyer have to use that or can they get their own? They can absolutely get their own. And sometimes we'll do it as a, as the, the, the listing agents that will get an inspection for that exact purpose. Because we do want to know sometimes for an older home where we know that some stuff might come up and we want to kind of ease the, the, the buyer's minds. So like you said, we'll get the inspection and we'll fix some of the stuff. But sometimes, depending on what the report says and, and the inspector themselves, we want to make sure that we do our due diligence as the buyer's agents to say, hey, you know what, this, this report might be two months old. So we want to go out and get a new one because there might have been enough time passed by that that inspection is no longer as valid as it was two months prior. So it just depends on a lot of factors, but those are a couple of the ones that we kind of see with that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. I've seen a list called the buyer's waiver inspection, inspection waiver. I'm sorry. Um, and that's where they say, no, I don't want to do radon gas. I don't want to do a lead lead uh, paint. Why would somebody not want to? You know, I think that people sometimes look at it maybe in a short-sighted way, like, you know, I don't want to be out any more money. You know, I'm having to pay closing costs. And for a lot of people, sometimes it can be a stretch. You know, maybe they just have enough and they're not going to have money for, you know, any updates or, you know, furniture once they move in. But like with anything, you know, it's a small investment to protect a much bigger investment. So mm-hmm. no one is ever going to regret having inspections if something goes wrong or if you find something wrong. You know, you would only regret that if you chose not to do it and then you find out and then, you know, that's where legal issues arise and, you know, the whole nine yards. So it's always it's better safe than sorry, always. Okay. Um, and of course, lead-based paint is, um, it, uh, they could not manufacture it after 1978. So if you buy a home, that is built in 1983. Correct. You probably don't need to do mm. that one. Yeah. Yes. All right. Um, how about swimming pools? Are uh, There's a lot that can go wrong with a swimming pool. There is a lot that can go wrong. And, you know, they're very costly uh, sometimes to replace. Like, you know, and talking about solar and, and energy usage as well, if you have an older pool pump, that could be costing you a lot of money in, you know, your monthly electric bill. Um, I mean, some of them are up to four, four kilowatt hours, you know, per hour. They're using four and, and you look at that and over time and you're running your pump for six hours, that's 24 every day 
for the entire year to keep your pool clean, you know, because they don't have that variable speed where the newer pumps that come out, it's one of those things that if they do have that, you know, like that's an energy saver. One, it's going to save you that 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 money, but in also in the end, it's going to last a lot longer because it's not working at full capacity the whole time. So when when the pool inspector does come out, they are checking and and, and seeing a lot of these different variables that can come up and addressing those situations. Mm-hmm. And another thing, and it's very small, but sometimes it's easily overlooked, is the pool light. So most of the time when we're out doing inspections, it's during the daytime and you can flip that switch and not really know if the pool light is on. And so I always make sure that we have somebody, you know, we either go out in the evening or make sure that we take a picture, you know, have the listing agent say, hey, if your client's there, could they please send us a picture so that we know it's functioning properly because that gets very easily overlooked. And it's an important safety mechanism. So better to be safe than sorry, spend the extra money, know what you're buying. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's the strategy we'll go into. Yes, sir. Okay, we're going to go to our first commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. Here in the studio with us today to help us with this show is Chelsea and Sean Sores of Iron Key Real Estate. Yes, sir. And you guys are a husband-wife team, right? Yes. Yes, we are. All right. Who does all the work? Chelsea. All right. <laughs> you are a smart man, Sean. <laughs> yeah, she does, though. I love it. I love it. She's amazing at what she does, and I just get to see. And, you know, I mean, being married to somebody, and you have your home life, and you get to see the amazing things they do on a personal level. But, you know... I get to see her on a level that she goes in and does an amazing job. I work for, you know, we work for an amazing broker. You know, I like to call him my, you know, he's been my best friend since seventh grade, but a lot of the times we've been frenemies. So it's like that relationship that we have, I get to see two people that I really care about really excel at what they do. And it's, it's amazing. Thank you. All right. You're, you're going to have dinner tonight. Let's talk about relationships in real estate. In the first segment, we talked about a little bit as far as like with inspectors, home inspectors, well inspectors and Mm -hmm. such. What does, what are the benefits to the consumer for the realtor to have good relationships in the community? I think that, you know, when you operate in a spirit of fairness, and uh, you know, being equitable with things, then you'll likely have much smoother transactions. You know, when you have solid relationships with people and they know that you have respect for them, um, I, everything just always goes smoother. And it makes negotiations easier and it makes issues that arise, you know, there's not always a fault. It, you know, you can't blame somebody every time something goes wrong. It's just the nature of the life we live in. But, um, you know, problem solving, and working together with people is to the benefit of everybody involved. And to and to Don, I think it goes even beyond just a normal like you have a good relationship. It's an easy transaction. I think that we've been put here to build relationships and build strong relationships. That you know, I was I was told by somebody, it's not what you did for somebody, it's not what you gave somebody, but it's how you made them feel. And if they can look back in in years to come and say that that transaction right there, we came in as they came in as our realtors, but they really left as family. Or I mean, some people even you know like 
it's an amazing feeling to them know that you care so much about somebody and you put so much value in this transaction that you do truly become like family. And it's an amazing thing that, that, that we've built these relationships with people, not just in the industry, but in the community, you know, with, with some of our nonprofit things that we do, Chelsea's doing some amazing things with Pinedale and Fresno state right now, but it's, it's constantly building relationships and building stronger and better relationships. So let's take a lender, for example, because online portals are very big. They've got flashing numbers, some of them too good to be true. And of course, like Paul Harvey says, there is the rest of the story. So just because they're flashing 2.9 on there doesn't mean you're going to get 2.9. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ifs. So gosh, I mean, what does it mean to have your buyer have a personal relationship with their lender, one where they can sit across a desk and see them as opposed to doing it online and that person might be in Timbuktu. I think that there's definitely a feeling of confidence. You know, it's Mm -hmm. different when you're sitting across the table looking at somebody eye to eye, face to face, you can get a sense of that person, you know, uh, from the, the way that you're interacting together where you can't with somebody online. And, you know, you may be dealing with multiple people in any situation, but if you're dealing with multiple people in an online forum versus multiple people, you know, in a local environment where if you have a problem, you can go down there on your lunch break and they will meet with you. And especially because we all have inner working relationships. So the better job that lender does for the client, you know, it reflects positive to, uh, positively on us. And that's how we keep doing, you know, future business together. And, there, so. and there's definitely a sense of accountability. It's like yes. you can go into somebody's office and say, hey, this is what we have going on. This is where, you know, uh, where we feel that the next transaction or even this transaction can improve. And we really want to make sure that that relationship is is committed to the one cause. And that's on, on both sides. You know, we have our lender. We can go if, if it's another agent that's in, an in-town agent, you know, because some people come from out of town and they still are bringing their agents from out of town. But we can't go and have that face-to-face. So it's a conversation. And then when you spend a lot of time on the phone and you're really not connecting to the person you want, it's like, hey, you have a physical address. I'm going to drive into your office. And, and, you know, Chelsea's done this before to say, hey, can we get some answers on X, Y, or Z? And that's an important thing that our clients know, that there's trust there, that we're going to be able to hold everyone accountable and, and hold ourselves accountable as well. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing about being able to see what's going on, too. So a couple of years ago, I went with some clients because they were really nervous to get pre-approved. The husband was um, self-employed. The wife had a really nice uh, job where she got a solid paycheck. And, and they they could have bought for a lot higher. So anyway, I saw that the loan officer was going through this, and this is a loan officer they had picked out. I didn't really know him um, before. But anyway, I saw how he went through the, the paperwork, and he didn't spend but half a second on the most important page on the tax return for the self-employed guy. So, and then he he said, you know, you really, we're going to do this loan just in the name of the wife. That told me he didn't really understand tax returns because he breezed through it, didn't want to deal with it. Yeah, they could qualify with just the one. But when they left there, I said, wait a minute, do you realize that you're buying property in a community property state and it's going to go into just one name? And the other person has to sign off. 
They go, oh, no, I don't want to do that. I said, yeah, you want to do it as – there was nothing negative on that self-employed tax return mm -hmm. other than it's a lot of extra work for the loan officer. Not only work, but understanding. So the re now, had that been done online electronically, I never would have seen mm -hmm. that. I would have thought, okay, maybe there's something wrong. Right. Uh, but by picking up that little verbal cue that this guy just flipped right through, mm -hmm. told me something what he didn't understand something. Absolutely. And that's what you start to know when you work with a certain team. And, and as realtors, we do have a group of lenders that we work with. And we know that what they do and the quality of work that they're providing reflects us. So we want to make sure that whoever we send somebody to, that they're going to have our client's best interest. And it doesn't mean it doesn't matter how much work, you know, extra work it's going to cause. We know this is what's best for the client. And this is what we want you doing. Well, and to add to that real quick, you know, we care about everybody involved. So just because, you know, if we have the buyer and we have the lender, that doesn't mean that we don't also care about this having a great outcome on behalf of the seller. You know, I mean, they they could be selling this house and, and buying something else. And if our mistake or we don't catch red flags on a lender and that causes issues for them, they may miss out on the house of their dreams, too. You know, so it's very important. We we have a responsibility to do our due diligence and do the best job that we can, you know, for all the parties involved. How about relationships with other agents? Hey, um, the two of you work at a different company than I do. Aren't we competitors? Absolutely not. We have the same goal. Our goal is to close that escrow and to make our clients happy. So, you know, we, when I, in fact, whenever there's opening email sent, whenever I open escrow, I'd like to address everybody as team because I truly feel that way. You know, the, the lenders, the title company, the other agent, you know, we're all working together for the same goal. And I really, I really take that to heart. And when you have great uh, escrows with people, I had an agent recently, we just had the best escrow. Not that everything was completely simple, but the communication was fantastic. And at the end of it, we both talked to each other and we said, hey, okay, what kind of buyers do you have? What listings do you have coming up? Let's do this again. We just had such a great working relationship. And, uh, you know, that's somebody that I call now and, and he calls me if there's things coming in the pipeline that aren't even on the market yet. So, And building that relationship with, with other agents as well is huge because if you present your offer of an equal offer as somebody else's, but you've already worked together and they know the flow of work, they know the relationship, they know the integrity of, of, you know, of each other, then they might choose that offer based on that alone. So, I mean, yeah, you have com competing offers. And, and there is a sense of competition in ourselves. I don't, I don't think that I look because I'm not going to compare myself to anybody. I'm me. If, I, if, if we go and do our job as our job, then we're going to have our success that we want and what we make of it. It has nothing to do with what anybody else in the industry is doing because we're all different. We all have different personal goals. We all have different you know, work goals, life goals. So it, it's, it's how do we compete with somebody? We're not on the same journey. We're, mm -hmm. on, a different, we're on a different lane altogether. You know, when you made that reference, Chelsea, about a team, it made me think about something that I've felt a lot, and, it, and it's really timely right now with the passing of Kobe Bryant. But I've often said, if we can put the right team together, the right agent, the right uh, co-agent, the right escrow officer, loan officer, they're all local, we all know one another. I feel like Kobe Bryant going down court on a fast break. You can make that pass, you know your teammates going to be there. You, uh, you can make the no look pass. Yes. Yeah. Let's go the other route. You get that loan officer out of Ohio. You, you get uh, an, an out of area escrow officer. 
you will feel like the lead dog on the dog sled team. Yes. <laughs> Pulling the whole time. <laughs> right. And everybody else going in, the other dogs going in in the wrong direction. Yes. So yes. just tied yes. together with the leash. And that's why local's big. I mean, like, like we, were, we had talked about earlier, going local is in, in everything. You want to support local businesses, local nonprofits, local schools. And it's one of those things that um that staying local gives you that opportunity to, to to create that strong team and the more transactions you do together as a team you know how each other works and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty awesome all right and one more thing on staying local if you had to spend a thousand dollars you might as well spend it here locally where that money stays and gets redistributed locally rather than sending the same thousand dollars to san jose and letting the money be spent there. Absolutely. Yes. Well, and this isn't just a lender. We're not just agents. We are your neighbors. You know, you're going to run into us at the grocery store. Our kids may play sports together. You know, at the end of the day, we're all people. We're all part of the fabric of this community. It's more than just our individual job titles. All right. Thank you. With that, we're going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 ESPN. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Sean and Chelsea Sores of Iron Key Real Estate. And, um, hey, how is it for first-time homebuyers? They want to get in the game. They, they go to you, the, their realtor, their coach, and they're saying, put me in, coach. What can I buy? Can I? Absolutely. We live in the most affordable part of our state. So first-time homebuyers in Fresno County are going to be very different and have much more opportunity than first-time homebuyers in the Bay Area, in L.A. I mean, you know, we just have completely affordable housing for the area. So it's very, very feasible as a first-time homebuyer with all of the different options available to them, loan programs and rates, uh, to not spend money on rent and to get right into a house and start investing in themselves. One of the big reasons for that came out in an article put out by the National Association of Realtors and the chief economist, Lawrence Yun. By the way, if you ever get a chance to listen to Lawrence Yun, the guy is hysterical. He, he is so funny. Listen to some of his podcasts. Um, but okay, that said, here's what he's saying. The cheapest financing in more than three years is making it easier for first-time homebuyers to afford a home. So even on a national level, that it's obvious. And he can give all the statistical reasons why. Um, I can give you all the gut feelings why. <laughs> what, but why should a first-time homebuyer get into it, into the game? You know, I think it's important for them to realize that, you know, like you said, on an emotional level, your home, there's an emotional connection to your home, especially your first home. Um, but from a financial standpoint, it is a great investment. You know, you're going to be paying mortgage no matter what you do. You're either paying your own or you're paying somebody else's. And I think if people start to realize that, you know, their home can be a great investment for them um, versus just, you know, having it sit in a bank account, um, plus provide all the benefits that, you know, a home does, it, you get to create a life there, you get to have a sense of independence, you know, you get to create a 
sometimes lifelong relationships with neighbors. And it's just, you know, it's a great opportunity to build a life. And, and you start to look at the old school mentality of thinking. And it was like you buy your home. I mean, my, my dad bought his first home. And he's in that first home today with my mom. Now he needs knee replacements and he's walking up and down the stairs. But he has the mentality that this is our home and this is where we're going to stay. Where nowadays I think that the mentality, if that changes just a little bit, and you don't need to buy your forever home to start. This might be you're going to get into a home and live for a couple years. And then in that couple years, your income at your job has increased. And now you go out and buy another home. And now you're, you're going to start making passive income on the first property by turning it into a rental if that's what you want to do. Or with appreciation and the market is pretty strong right now with as far as home prices go that I mean I think we're up like in, in the Fresno County area like 20,000 from a year ago um, so the housing the prices are still going up and now you can turn and either sell that with good equity in your house or like I said you could turn it into a rental and, and get some passive income coming in so it, it, is, it is a really good time like you said with the rate and with the opportunities that are being created and you can create it's a good time here's an interesting theory too and I brought this up last week on uh, Welcome Home Radio and when we were talking about the new rent control bill. Um, I think that's going to be a positive of, uh, impact on home ownership because now landlords have been poked. The, the state legislature woke a sleeping bear and it's like, hey, you, you, we're only going to give you this much uh, as far as a rent increase every year. Mm -hmm. So I think that po that sleeping bear was poked and they're going to say, well, now I'm going to take it every year. Mm -hmm. And I think you're going to see rents going up on a continual basis every yes. year. They're going to take it while they can get mm -hmm. it. Yes. And um, so I think with the positive impact is buyers who are thinking of buying, but they also are comfortable where they're at they're renting. They're going to get in, get a 30 year fixed rate mortgage so that they don't have to worry about mm -hmm. increases. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. The only adjustment made on a 30 year fixed rate mortgage is year 31. You go to zero. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and I think, too, to dispel the notion, you know, sometimes first time home buyers are getting advice from their, you know, parents and older generation where they have the mindset that you have to have 20% down to get into a home. And that is not true at all. You can still get a conventional loan with 3%, 5%, 10%. You know, um, of course, there's other factors involved uh, depending on your credit score and, and you know, having mortgage, uh, you know, property mortgage insurance. But the notion that you have to save 20%, which seems like a very grand number, it, it's not true anymore. So that also opens the door very easily for first-time home buyers. And you know, in some European countries, you need 50% down. Wow. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> no wonder they stay in their homes for 400 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, my cousin who lives in Rome, at that home that they're in has been in their family 400 years. Wow. Yeah. That's and amazing. they paid off their 30-year mortgage back in uh, 1600s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm making that part up. I'm embellishing the story a little bit. But, you know, and, and there, the point. there is a sense with that, too, is, is when you buy a home. I mean, because we worked a lot of first-time home buyers, and, and just the pride that they have, that they have taken their hard-earned money and they put it into something that they can call theirs. And you can't take that from somebody, you know, and they work every day. They get to come home, and it's not their landlord's house. This is my house. I can do what I want with my house. I can do what I want in my house, you know, and it is a, a sense of, a special sense of pride when you can see that on a buyer's face and when they walk in and the, the – 
you know, we had we, we made the call to a, a cousin of my of ours that uh, got her offer accepted. And the joy that happens when that happens, because it's like it's such an amazing feeling, you know, and then there's going to be that next stage in life where whatever she does with that house, like memories are tied there. I look at my first house that we bought and, and I still have emotions that are tied to that house. I still wake up and it's been 10 years and I still have dreams about that house. And I'll wake up and be like, oh, I, I remodeled it because it is something that's so important that that first time home buyer and to take them through the process, like you said, with that team, going back to having that team that can nurture a first time home buyer and know that there's trust in that transaction. Then they know that even if they are hearing stuff over here, like, oh, maybe it's not a good time, you know, from family members, but they have people that they trust and we're encouraging them that said, yeah, this is a really good time to do it. Then they, they have the, the confidence to go and actually put that foot forward and, and, and make that plunge. What an accomplishment too for a first time home buyer to actually go through the process and get there. And here in football terms, I remember one guy, he, it was a rough escrow for a lot of reasons. Some of them, you know, self-inflicted, <laughs> not, not from me. I mean, the buyer. <laughs> um, but it, anyway, he wanted to give up. He said, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I, I'm going to cancel. And I said, hey, you're a football fan. Why would you cancel on the one yard line? That's how close we are to finishing. He goes, we're that close? Oh, heck, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> Went through and did it. And then just a few days later, when I handed him the keys, I remember what he said. It was great. He goes, oh my God, I can't believe it. I'm the first one in my entire family to ever own a home. He goes, I mean my aunts, uncles, cousins, nobody has ever owned their own home. Wow. That's so I'm glad he didn't give up on the one yard line. Well, that's one of the reasons why our job is so rewarding. You know, I mean, that is a feeling that as good as it feels for them, it feels equally as good for us. There's an immense sense of pride that we have when, you know, you have uh I look at it as an accomplishment. You know, mm -hmm. it's the same for them as myself. It's a huge accomplishment to help someone through that. Because we become part of their team. Yes. And when your team wins, you're all happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you get those you get those long processes of, of a buyer or even a seller. And we have to play psychologist. We have to play friend. You know, there, there's so many different hats that we have to put on as the realtors. And to really make sure that they don't lose that 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 drive to find a house like you said you're on the one yard line but sometimes they're they're three and out and they're three and out and they're three and out and every offer they put in they fall in love with the house they put an offer in and they lose it and to get them back on that horse and to make them feel like hey that's all right that's not meant to be and to really give them that sense of like it's okay and 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 be there be their shoulder to cry on. I mean, how many calls has Chelsea gotten and, and, and people are crying? Like, I thought that was going to be ours. And it's like, you know what? It's okay. It just wasn't meant to be. The one that's meant for you to be will be. And it's happened so many times before that people are really upset. I didn't get that house. And then all of a sudden, the one that they do get, they, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't get that house because this is the perfect house. And then knowing that and us conveying that message and being there for them to talk them off of those ledges is something that we do as realtors. We're not just... Uh, uh, salesmen that are doing transactions, we are playing that that role of psychologist and friend in that in that relationship. And the reason we are that and not just a salesman is we are general brokers. We it doesn't matter if we sell the home on this side of town, that side of town, or in Selma or in Madera. It's what they want and need. If I was only selling 
two homes for a particular builder, two floor plans on one block. All right, then I got to be a salesman. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but that's not our case right. as general brokers. Yes. Um, with that, we do have to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio 940 on your digital dial. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is John Scordino, your host, and we have Chelsea and Sean Sores here in the studio with us today. They are realtors with Iron Key Real Estate. And uh, thank you, you guys. You're, you're giving us some great insight into the Valley's real estate market and some things that we can do, should do, will do. Uh, here's one. You know, we're talking about first-time home buyers, uh, and the sellers need to get prepared for those buyers coming. And once again, the National Association of Realtors put out an article saying that homes with spruced up outsides sell at a premium. Do you guys see that? That's absolutely true. And I, I think a big reason has to do with first impressions, right? It's true with us and our business, the first impression, you know, how you look makes an impact on how, would he, how someone perceives you. So if you walk up to a house and the landscaping is immaculate and you know all of the uh, framing is intact and it's painted nicely and the roof is clear, you're gonna walk into that front door no matter what's on the other side with a good feeling to start. And you know. There, there's conversely. also the sense too that if they're taking such great care of their yard, that means they're taking great care of the house. So we know that they're, you know, most likely, you know, obviously inspections are going to open and reveal everything. But for them to want to put the offer on the house when they see that, they're they're walking into something that in their mind is going to be an immaculate house, you know, on the outside and inside. You know, what I mean, within the walls, within everything, and that gives them that that boat of confidence right away to say, hey, you know what, I like this house. Now you get one person that thinks that there's going to be two people and three people. And now all of a sudden you create the competition by having this, this property that looks pristine as it is from the outside. And when people drive by, they see that there's going to be more competition as far as, as buyers go for that property. And pride of ownership is a variable that it's not anything you're going to see on paper. It's not a statistic. It's not what kind of roof material it is or what kind of flooring there is. Pride of ownership is a feeling. And when that feeling is conveyed to potential buyers, I can't explain how much that means to them. You know, they can, the, maybe the kitchen hasn't been fully updated. Maybe, you know, that there's um, certain things about the yard. Maybe it's not as big as they like, but when they walk up and they can tell that a home has pride of ownership, then that lets them know there's a level of respect there from the sellers and it just bodes well for anything moving forward. I like that, what you just said. The, and I, you can see I wrote it down. <laughs> you did. Because I'm gonna use it again and again <laughs> and again on Welcome Home Radio. So pride of home ownership is a feeling. It is. I love that. And it's true. Um, it's a reflection of how you feel about your home absolutely we've been in you know we've represented buyers that have gone into houses and the the owners are there and she's like well what did you see wrong like oh well there's just some little stuff oh I, I, that'll, that'll be taken care of and that'll be like okay well, we're gonna let your agent know that okay that's fine but I'm, I'm gonna be on it today because and i look at it as the same thing that if you see that 
you know that that owner they want to make they want to sell you their home and not their house and that's a big difference when somebody when you're buying something because a lot of people go to buy a house but people are selling a home and if i sell my house i want to give somebody the best possible home that they could get because they're going to be living in a, in a place where we've shared our memories as a family and we're just passing that off and i never want to pass that off in a way that is going to have any kind of bad feelings so and and conveying that and, and letting people see that from the outside they say hey Welcome to our to our home. This is we made it beautiful on the outside so you're attracted to everything that's on the inside. So you can take care of it when you get it. Give them that idea. All right, and it also shows motivation on the part of the seller when the home is prepared, looks spotless. That means that they want to sell. And of yes. course, a buyer wants to work with a seller that wants to sell. Mm -hmm. Cuz we've all run across a few sellers that aren't really motivated and you can't show the house today mm -hmm. or tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Can you come next week? <laughs> right. and, uh, and then you walk in and it's like, wow, you had a whole week to get to clean up yeah. and, and you didn't do it. Right. right, right. Well, a house that, you know, is being kept immaculately clean, that is, you know, the family photos have been removed from the walls so that buyers can envision their family photos there. All of those things, it's much different than, you know, the home where last night's dishes are still in the sink and, you know, kids' clothes are all over the the bedrooms, it just doesn't show that those people are motivated. And I will say, I have a, we have a buyer and we're in escrow on a property that has an original owner, which is amazing. And the home is older and of course, no one really chooses to have teal carpet nowadays, but the house has just so been so well maintained. It was not the most updated property that we saw in a, on a day of seven showings, but that feeling that she saw the pride of ownership from that original owner was what sealed the deal. It, it meant more and it had a bigger impact than, you know, the, the mauve shower or, you know, the teal carpet. Those things can all be changed, but that pride of ownership is what sealed the deal. You know, and that brings out a good point. So that home may not have showed real well online. Correct. But this is something where you've got to get out and actually see the home. Yes. Yeah, because they picked up on that feeling. So, um, and that's a word you used earlier, feeling. And and that's, and that's our that's our job too, Don, is to get out there and and really preview the properties for our clients and and making sure that you know looking online for one person might be different than looking online for your realtor. Your realtor has seen many many houses, they've been in many many houses and they're looking to see and they're your experts. So when you know that they've built that expertise in that area and you like them and you trust them, now when they go to show you properties, they're showing you things that are in your wheelhouse and things that are potential candidates for you to buy because of their expertise. Mhm. Mm so it, it, here's another thing. When you take care of the outside of the house, you're, you're taking care of some red flags. And here's what I mean by that. So oftentimes a seller, they've been living in the home for 10 years and they've been meaning to get to that tree branch that's lying on top of the, the, the roof. Mm -hmm. All right. But a buy, it, and you know, the roof hasn't leaked. So you, the home seller feels confident, but the home buyer doesn't and neither does her agent and we've got to tell them hey all those leaves piled up on the on the roof in that valley mm -hmm. that's not good yeah and now we're going to have the added expense of a roof inspection mm -hmm. for somebody whether it be the seller or the buyer somebody needs to pay for that so 
getting rid of those red flags. Here's the other thing that could also bring rodents. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're giving the the squirrels and the uh, and their relatives. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the roof yeah. may not have had any leaks, but I can guarantee you the gutters are probably full because if you're wow. not up on the roof. And you're probably not up checking the gutters either, and that can cause their own set of issues. So Mm -hmm. regular maintenance is important. And also something we haven't talked about is taking care of the outside of your home. You're also doing a great service to your neighborhood. You know, if your home looks great and other neighbors' homes look great, you know, oftentimes with clients, it's we're there to see a particular house, but we will also drive through the neighborhood and we will check out the neighborhood as a whole. You know, does everyone's home look as well maintained as this one, or is this just happen to be a, a diamond, you know, in the rough? Um, that can have a big impact too. So really, even if you're not planning on selling your home, do it for your neighbors. Be a good neighbor and yeah. do it for your property your value. If you if you value yes. your property, you know, if if your house across the you know you're across the street from somebody selling and your house looks terrible in the front yard and it's just unkempt and somebody pays lesser across the street, then that's going to, you know, in turn, lower the price of, uh, of your home have, have you, if you try to sell. If you have a, a nice yard in the neighborhoods kept nicely, the entire neighborhood, people come in, it, it does drive up that value a little bit. And it's important, that's why it's so important to know your neighbors and to be a good neighbor, because you may have a yard that doesn't look very good for no other reason than it could be just an elderly woman living there by herself who maybe doesn't have the physical capability to manage it. I guarantee there's some teenage kids in the neighborhood, and if you talk to your neighbors and everybody's on board, that you could go and, and assist that person, and it helps everybody. I was that kid way back when. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. That's why you're so loved now, Don. You've always been the same. Yeah. <laughs> Building relationships. Oh, no, I charge for it. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right, That's okay. though. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Before we wrap up the show, what is it that you want our listeners to remember the most about today's show? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that that relationships, no matter in, in what field, in what area of life, relationships are the one thing that we take with us wherever we go. And I think that if we can build on those every day, try to get better and better at being a better friend, a, a parent, a, you know, whatever that might be, build those relationships as strong as you can. Great. Chelsea, how about you? You know, I'd like to say that it's important to be involved in your community. It's important to support local. Like I said, at the end of the day, we all wear different hats. You know, we're realtors or people that, you know, work in banking. Everybody does something, but we're all people and there's a level of respect that you need to have. And I think trusting the the expertise that's available to you in this town, it's right here for you. And I want everybody to remember Chelsea's really good quote earlier in the show. Pride of home ownership is a feeling. It's not a statistic. It's not anything hard that you can measure it's a feeling so put that into your home and your home's value will go up um i want to thank both of you for coming in today you guys were great and i want to thank all our listeners for tuning in to welcome home radio on 940 espn be back next week see y'all see ya bye